Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And actually just down the street from us is Brian Smith. <laughs> I live in Encinitas. He lives in Encinitas. We couldn't have a better place in the world to live, could we, Brian? Especially not today. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous out. <laughs> yeah. And I've known Brian for many years, and his book is called The Birth of a Brand, An Unlikely Startup Story of the Billion Dollar Brand Ugg Boots. And this is Brian Smith joining us. Brian speaks all over the world, but he was on our show April 21st, 2016, which almost seems like an un long, long time ago for me. Uh, it's actually seven years ago. And a lot has happened to Brian and I invited him back on the show again, uh, to share some wisdom, but a little bit different wisdom this time, uh, more along the bents of faith and spirituality that he had in business, as it took, as you can see, both he and I have aged more than we were six years ago. Um, and the reality is, is that he wanted to share that. And I'm always open to somebody who wants to go deep with inside themselves to share their story. And, um, but along with the birth of the brand of Ugg Boots, and I'm going to let him know a little bit about you at age 29, he decided that a life in public accounting was not for him. Uh, he quit his job, went to California to look for new business ideas and to surf all the legendary breaks, such as Rincon, Malibu, Dana Point, and Wind and Sea right here in La Jolla. Uh, he soon noticed that there was no sheepskin boots in California. Well, how be it at that time when you were 29? But I'm not going to tell people your age now. <laughs> so he and a friend brought six pairs from Australia to test, and Ugg was born and over the next 17 years, Brian built it into a national brand and solidified himself as a business expert. Uh, the business grew too big for Brian to finance, so he sold it to Decker Outdoor Sports Corporation. A uh, new team built upon the casual comfort theme and through style development, merchandising, and great marketing, established UGG as an international fashion brand. And boy, has it been. Um, with sales exceeding $1 billion for each of the last five years. In 2000, he founded two-story configuration for California schools. He sold his business and company and continues to build California schools to this day. And in 2003, he then patented a new type of precast wall panel incorporating lightweight concrete and steel studs. A breakthrough technology, over 100 structures were built prior to economic recession in 2008. And in three-year halt in construction set uh, in play those events that would lead to the eventual demise of that company. Um, so you got to have a lot of faith when uh, things like this happen to you along the way and you get downturns. And as Napoleon Hill said, and we've had Don Green on this show more than once, he's executive director of Napoleon Hill Foundation, We've had a lot of Napoleon books that have been uh, profiled on our podcast. Outwitting the Devil, <laughs> experiences of adversity are among the most fortunate and profitable for all experiences. Brian found this, his lessons learned, would be valuable to share. And that's what we're going to share today is, hey, what happened uh, with you on that? And Brian, let's start that out. Uh, in the preface of your book, you speak about the love for surfing and how this has affected where you lived 
and where you worked in vacations. Um, what lessons do you learn from surfing and your passion for that sport that really kind of applied and developed to building a company and then selling that company and then building another company and having that company be a really big challenge for you? Yeah, well, that was a little spiritual allegory in the preface that didn't really relate to, to the, the story in the book, except that surfing is just, that's probably my most spiritual outlet because, you know, when you're out in the waves, number one, you can't control them. Number two, you never know what the tide is. It's whether it's going to be a steep wave or a shallow wave. You got other surfers you've got to deal with, which are like competitors, you know, to get the yeah. wave. Yeah. Uh, you have, you know, beautiful, glassy, windless days, which is just exquisite. And then there's a windy blown out days. So you, you can't control the environment. And, and so it's a metaphor for life really is that all you can do is, is uh, have an idea, which is go surfing and then encounter whatever comes up and make the best of it. So that was the purpose of that little allegory in, in my book. Yeah. And it is, you know, and you talk about coming to California and then bringing in, you know, pairs of bug boots and see how they did. And, you know, in the book, you talk about going up and down the coast, uh, a successful brand, you said, requires a tremendous amount of perseverance and resilience. And you spoke about, you know, opening up yellow pages and looking for surf shops and then going into Malibu and all the way down the coast to call these guys. And I remember you speaking before about this. Selling the product initially was not met with great acceptance by many of these guys. It's like, hey, this dude's coming in with Ugg boots and we sell surfboards um, and we sell wetsuits. Um can you delve into how your faith and spiritual beliefs really provided you with the strength and determination to overcome the challenges you had along the way? Because I remember one story, one of the guys gave you a break, um, right? And, you know, so tell us a little bit about that, that journey that you had to get this brand birthed. Well, I'm going to backtrack a bit because it's pretty important to realize that when I you know, I, I had studied for 10 years to be an accountant and I quit the day I graduated because I hated it. And it was, I, I just discovered yoga and that sort of inadvertently led to meditation because, you know, trying to hold these yoga poses, which I found in a book, um, made you breathe really, really heavily. And that sort of got this euphoric thing going, which became meditation. And And one day I was just you know, doing my workout and, and trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life? You know, I'm not going to be an accountant. And I had this aha moment that like all the big brands are coming out of California. And so I just decided then and there, and, and this is pure faith uh, and, and inspiration that came to me that I'm going to go to California because all the big trends are coming out of California. And so like within weeks, I arrived in, in Santa Monica and uh, I had my surfboard and my suitcase and and I rented a little house in Santa Monica and I rented at least a, a Dodge van. And I just started going to, to Malibu every day to surf because that was like the, the, the mecca of my dreams as a little kid in Australia reading surf magazines, you know. And uh, it 
was four or five months really before, you know, I was looking at the Wall Street Journal, I was looking at billboards, I was, you know, looking at all the different businesses that were there that I might, and nothing, you know. And it was one day when I was surfing up at Malibu and, and it was like November and the, the wind was chilly and the water was getting cold. And I remember getting out of the surf and I was pulling on my Ugg boots that I'd brought from Australia. And I just had this incredible set of goosebumps was like, oh, my God, there's no Ugg boots in America. And one in two Australians had some sort of sheepskin footwear. And so that was a real inspiration from outside of my body, right, that, that just landed on me uh, with these goosebumps. And so I looked at my buddy next door and, you know, who I was surfing with and said, oh, man, we've got to go into business, man. We're going to be instant millionaires, right? Because I, I knew how big it was in Australia. And so we organized to buy a couple of pairs of samples and brought them in. And Doug was going to be the salesman. So he went around and a week later came back with about 150 business cards from every shoe store and no no orders. And he said, Brian, they, they tell us we're crazy selling sheepskin in California. And I, I knew that wasn't correct because Australia's climate's identical to California. And so we, we started thinking laterally, well, how come all my buddies up at Malibu think this is the best idea in the world? And I went, oh, my God, so many of them had been to Australia on their surf trips and bought four or five pairs of boots back for their buddies. And so that caused me to think, well, shit, maybe the surf shops are the answer because they, they already understand it. And so we started going to the surf shops and, you know, I would walk in and I was really embarrassed because I was an accountant. I wasn't a salesman. And I remember opening up the little bag of samples and the, the owner of the shop goes, oh, Ugg boots, they're the best. You know, I've got a pair of those. What are you doing with them? I, I said, well, we're thinking of importing them into America. Oh, my God, you guys are going to make a fortune. Those are the best <laughs> things in the world, right? And so... This happened over and over and over again, all the way down through every surf shop. And so that sort of encouraged us to raise about $20,000 from an investor. And we put an order in for 500 pairs. And as soon as they arrived, we we packed up our big selling bags, you know, big duffel bags full of product and, and went back to these same surf shops. And they, you know, every one of them just went, oh, my God, Brian, well done. But, you know, we couldn't sell them in our store. We just sell surfboards and trunks and flip-flops, you know. And uh, this happened all the way down the coast. And the total orders for the first year's sales, because, you know, we started in December, so we had one month of sales. The total sales was 28 pairs, exactly, <laughs> exactly $1,000, you know. <laughs> And boy, if ever there was a need for faith, that was it. That was the time, you know? Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was trying to figure out, you know, well, um, you know, one in two Australians owns these things. What, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong with the product. It must be me. And so that caused me to, like, I, I had a choice. I could give up, but I, I really couldn't because I had, you know, 14, 14 how, how many pairs, 450 pairs, 60 pairs left in my, my bedroom, right? So I had to keep going. And so I just started, you know, eventually got a few surf shops to carry it. But it, it was a very demoralizing start. And, you know, years later, I ended up 
um, you know, getting the company with some momentum and and eventually when I, I wrote my book, which which uh, I'll hold up again, it's the birth of a brand. Um, the theme of the book is that you can't give birth to adults, right? You can't give birth to adults. And every, if you look at the stock exchange page in the Wall Street Journal, every one of those companies probably started with $1,000 in sales. Right. 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 Way, way back, right? And so every business, there's the aha moment, like, oh, my God, there's no Ugg boots in America. Then there's the birth, which is the first action, is buying six pairs of samples. And then every business just lies there, and it lies there, and it lies there. And that's when most entrepreneurs give up because they think, oh, it didn't work, it's not going to work. But an infant can't get up and go to college. Right. right. It has great to be, analogy. Good has analogy. To be an infant. It has to be go through that infancy. And eventually it'll start toddling like, you know, people are starting to talk about your products and, you know, magazines are writing articles and that's really, really cool because you're getting some traction. And that quickly goes into the youth phase, which is the best of all phases because you've got consistent orders, production's working, sales and marketing is working and administration's working and shipping and warehousing. And you can run a $20, 30000000 million business in that youth phase but if it's a really great product or a great service like, like UGG was, you're going to hit the teenage years. And do you recall when you're a teenager, you want to be in every party on a Saturday night? Right, right. It's the same in business. You want to be in every major trade show. You want to be in every mass retailer. And if you're not careful, you can just outstrip your ability to provide product for these and you go bankrupt. I've seen so many companies go bankrupt through their success, right? So eventually the you know the, the accountants put the controls in and it becomes a mature company but that theme of you can't give birth to adults is really uh, going to affect every single entrepreneur and that's what i go out on the road and speak about now because the, the book's been a great roadmap for entrepreneurs who are starting out and even the ones who have been in business 10 15 years because they relate to a lot of the stories and i and and i talk about not just the practical solutions to make the business work but what did i learn and what did i have to encounter internally to to hold the faith and hold the vision and hold the, the just the dream of what i remembered years ago and and to stick with that and that's well that it's it's something that you know look you you birthed this as you say in the title of the book and you can't birth an adult and right. matures over time. And that's a great analogy. But most importantly, is you said, you know, you were in Malibu, you put your boots on, you had this aha moment, you had this passion. Right. right? And the passion is something when you're talking about it in the spiritual world, it's you had a clarity, you had an aha moment, a huge, big clarity dump on you. Yeah. Going from being uncertain about something to be really certain. But to have a knowing that this is what you were going to do and, and a truth, this was the truth. You know, America needed Ugg boots. It's emphasized in the entrepreneur world. How did your deep sense of purpose and alignment with your values uh, contribute to the success of Ugg boots? Because, you know, that's really at the bottom line here. What this podcast is really trying to focus on is your spiritual moment, your aha moment your realization that you had a passion for this that you wanted to bring here, and then your dogged determination 
to stick it out in spite of all kinds of people saying, Brian, you're crazy. We don't sell Ugg boots in here. We sell surfboards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, the, it was an evolution. Like that, that set in motion three years of me hanging in there with no income, basically, and just trying, like I started advertising the second year. Uh, you know, I, was, I had three years of summer jobs to keep me going, right? So it right. Wasn't, wasn't like I made any money from Uggs for years. But um, the second year sales was, was like about $6,000. I was selling in swap meets and street fairs and you know, I was selling out, out of the back of my van in the parking lot at Malibu. That was one of the best outlets I had. And so I started advertising and thinking this would make a big difference. And, and the sales went from six to 10. And then so next year I, I advertised. And I, was, I was advertising these, these two models and I posed them on the rocks at the beach at Wind and Sea in La Jolla and perfect hair and perfect clothing and perfect you know, surf behind them and the sunset. And, and, and I thought, I, you know, the, the boots were like the main feature of the photograph, you know, and the sales next year went to, to 10,000. And, and so next year I got better looking models and, and did the same sort of ads and the sales went to 20,000, but it should have been way, way more. Right. And so I had to look introspectively, like I knew the product was right. It must be something I'm doing. And so this year I, I almost gave up because I, I was working that summer at a, on a golf course and I, I decided I'm just going to get rid of all the product and go out of business. And I remember, you know, in October, the, the first storm hit the coast in California. You know how California, they all think, oh, my God, it's winter, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That first storm. And I got home from the golf course and soaking wet and, and the uh, – answering machine had about 25 30 messages on it from all the surf shops going hey brian brian the, the store's been full of people wanting ugg boots today I, i'm out of ugg boots can i come down and get some you know and you know that's when i realized i can't even go out of business properly you know so i i put another big order in from australia and, and i was able to satisfy this demand and so i was, I was going to do advertising the next um you know this coming winter and i thought you know, I, I luckily I call, called a buddy of mine who owned a surf shop in in San Diego, and we had a beer and, and, at his surf shop, and, and uh, I was explaining this problem with advertising, and he just said, "Oh, shut up, bro!" And he calls these little kids out from the back of the store who you know store their surfboards there, and he says, "What do you guys think of Uggs?" And every one of them just went, "Oh man, those Uggs, they're so fake." Have you seen those models? They can't surf. And like instantly I realized I'm sending the wrong message to my target market. And I, when I saw the ads through their eyes, I was embarrassed at how bad they were and how fake and how posed. And so laterally thinking, which every entrepreneur has to do, I called up a buddy who was running a scholastic surf competition association and he gave me two young kids, Mike Parsons and Ted Robinson, who are young pros about young surfers about to go pro. And so I just went with them surfing at Black's Beach and Trestles, which is in Southern Cal. And each one of these spots is a, a mile walk to get to the water. And it's fantastic surf when you get there. And I, I just had this thing in the back of my mind that 
you know, every little kid who reads Surfer magazine would die to be walking down these roads with Mike Parsons and Ted Robinson. So I just took a couple of photographs with my little Canon camera and I ran those in, in Surfer and Surfing magazines in, in the, the fall and the sales went to $220,000. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Why? Because I figured out what the, 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 secret of advertising and marketing is and that is you never advertise your product you advertise the features and the benefits and the feeling and 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 i knew that every little kid would just die to be walking along the beach you know, to, to to trestles and and stuff and the the interesting thing is the boots were that big in the first ads and the boots were like this big in the second you know the, the ads that worked so the product was immaterial it was the it was the environment and inviting these people into to go, oh, my God, I'd love to be walking. If I have to buy, buy a pair of Ugg boots to be on that path, I'm going to do it. And then so that led to, you know, hey, mom, it's Christmas. Everyone, all the cool kids at school have got a pair of Ugg boots. You know, I want those for Christmas. And that was the beginning of, you know, what I finally learned was how to market. And I did the same thing in snowboarding when the youth were, you know, just starting out snowboarding and it, that blew up. And back East, I found out that all the kids play hockey in the winter and, you know, their, their moms had to buy a pair of Ugg boots for those kids. And so that's really what got the whole business started. And the, the main thing is I had faith in the product the entire time. Right, right, right. I knew it wasn't the product. I, it had to be me. And eventually, four years later, I, I just happened upon that thing that I was doing wrong. And that then just set off the business. Well, you know, as you've going through this, Brian, I can only imagine the amount of time you were dedicating. You obviously, when you hit 220,000 in sales, this was a full-time work for you. You weren't working in any golf course. Eventually, or, it got that yeah, way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I get that it was a transition, but you had a very strong belief. You had a very strong purpose uh, that you were driving, which is really goes back to that moment. You had the aha moment and woke up yeah. and said, hey, we still did it. You hung on. You had dogged determination. You didn't give up. You had persistence. Many entrepreneurs struggle with work-life balance, maintaining a sense of inner peace uh, amidst the demands of a growing business, which is what you were right in the middle of. Uh how did you prioritize what I'm going to call your spiritual well-being while building Ugg boots? And what advice would you have for others who are striving to find some kind of balance like that? And, you know, even you, Brian, you maybe didn't have it back then, but you now have realized how important it oh, is yeah. and that you wished you would have maybe prioritized things a little differently than you did because I think as we age we look back and we go wow I think I would have had a much happier life had I spent more time really thinking about those things so if you're talking to a young entrepreneur today or a young CEO today from a fatherly advice as somebody who grew a multi-million dollar company what would you tell them today if they're in their 30s 40s well the uh if you're in your 30s and 40s, that's the time to go balls out and, and build, right? Yeah, there are certain yeah. phases in life. And that 
30s and 40s is the building stage. And so you have to dedicate your, your, your life to it, but the cost is your personal life, right? And I was really blessed that, that I have always been, I, I learned from meditation that when I'm really healthy and active, I can drop into meditation very easily. But if you let yourself get stressed out and, and there's too much work and not enough of your, your home life, it gets out of balance. So the trick is throughout your life is to balance that drive, which you have to have in your 30s and 40s, and then um, be able to relax a bit in your 50s and 60s. And, and unfortunately, wisdom only comes with experience. Right? <laughs> you can't yeah. buy it. You're not born with it. <laughs> and, and it's a real bummer but you have to get old to be smart right yeah and, yeah uh, what i found was really critical on this this I, I go into this in my book a lot is that whenever i would start to get overwhelmed i would get on my bike i lived in pacific beach which is on the water you know sea level and the biggest hill in san diego is 800 feet high in la jolla right right and i would i would ride my bike up that that hill every day uh and it was you mean a, to the top of soledad mountain or the one up Soledad? Yeah, soledad. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i've been up it many times yeah you probably drove up <laughs> no 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 i'm an avid cyclist i've done oh okay I've, well you I've get done it. 15, well you know you know the high that you get on when you finally get to the top you know you're absolutely exhausted but yeah. there's you, the oxygenation and and that is the most critical thing for a quick recovery of, of being stressed out. And I would get up to the top and I, I'd have a different look on things. You know, I'd be looking down over San Diego, you know, North County, down to, down to Mexico and back east to El Cajon. And, and you just have this sense of being away from the day-to-day -day grind of my office in Pacific Beach. And I would always say a little prayer, you know, just, hey, thanks, God, for my health and this opportunity and, you know, keep me, keep me, you know, working at it, you know, just, you know, and I would, it was a simple prayer, never the same thing. And, uh, you know, then I'd coast back home and then I would be so much happier with my wife and my kids. I would take the time to play with them. Whereas if I had to come straight from the office to home, they wouldn't have had the time because I, I wouldn't have been interested. So right. the answer to that question you asked me is number one, stay in really good physical shape especially right. especially aerobic shape because it's the oxygenation that clears out all the crap from from the you know when you when you're working all the time you tend to get stressed and your whole body closes down like that and you need to get out and expand and and get back to the universe i mean the universe is perfect everything you could possibly want exists already and you have to get in touch with that, you know, because it, it's so easy to lose it. And by getting up to the top of Mount Soledad, it sort of opened up the heavens again, and I would have new faith and new determination and new, you know, grit to go back and keep keep going at it. Well, you reprioritize, you know, I mean, you were talking about writing, you know, I used to do Torrey Pines repeat and Saturday, I go up to the top of Torrey Pines and I ride from Encinitas and I come back and, you know, to me, there's nothing more relaxing. And people say, well, you're riding up the inside of Torrey Pines, which it, the climb is not as big as Soledad Mountain. But the point right. is, is that you're outside enjoying the fresh air. You're working your heart. 
you're doing something good for yourself and you feel uh, even though you might be a little bit tired, it's a good tired, right? It's yeah. it's a it's one of those uh, releases of endorphins, you know. And as an author, you speakingly endowed, you've uh, undoubtedly inspired countless individuals with your story, yeah. and your message, or let's say it in this case, your spiritual insights. Um, what do you hope the readers or listeners will take away? from your book and your experiences with growing the birth of a company, well, in this case, the birth of Ugg Boots, and then selling it 17 years later to a, yeah. a larger company to run. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? Well, the there's a lot of philosophy in my book. You know, I, you know, I mentioned getting older, you sort of pick up on things that you read or you see, or you, some things I just, you know, invented myself. Um, but the one of the most powerful things in the book is a statement, and I and I speak this on the stage because I do a lot of keynote speaking all over the world, and that is um, that your most disappointing disappointments nearly always turn out to be your greatest blessings, right? And when I'm on the stage, I, I ask the audience, look. It, it, in the last 12 months, has something happened in your business or your personal life? Because there's, there's no distinction. Has something happened at the time you thought it was a huge disaster? And now you look back and think, thank God that happened. And I promise you, 80% of the audience put their hands up. Yeah. Right? Because Definitely. it's such a true philosophical statement that you, 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 life is all about, like, you don't start here and go straight up to success, right? Right. No. You cruise along for a while, you hit a wall, okay? And it's like, okay, I got a choice. I can give up, I can go over it, around it, under it, whatever. Mm -hmm. And every time you, you overcome that one obstacle, you cruise along and then you hit another obstacle. And it's a continuation of that through your whole life as to how do you deal with the obstacles and adversity. And every time, like in a business sense, every time you overcome one of those things and your opposition doesn't, you just got market share, right? Yeah. You yeah. just got an advantage in the marketplace. And in your personal life, it's the same thing. You've got every time you overcome a disagreement with your spouse or friction with the kids or, you know, stuff that happens in life, that's where you grow is from every time you overcome an obstacle. So that's probably the most important thing I like to impart to people. And the other- the I think other there's a quote that you ought to remember, and I'm sure you do from reading the book, can't remember the author, but she said, I was an overnight success. It just took me 40 years to get there. Yeah. Right? That's, so, that's so true. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, that is true about most everything. You know, I just celebrated my 45th wedding anniversary and, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey. Everybody's on a journey. You're, you're learning all the time. You're learning about people's personalities, their stories, their challenges. Yeah. And along the way, the stories that you tell, even in this book and the stories that you relate from the, from the podium are the stories that people remember about the journey that you took to get it there. That's right. And practical applications to apply to their life. What are some of the principles and lessons that I apply from what Brian has been oh. able to say? If there were two 
big lessons that you'd learned that you'd want to leave the listeners with before we wrap up this podcast, what would they be? Okay. The, the main one, which again is in my book, and this is the one people a year later, they'll come up to me and tell me about this piece of philosophy, right? It's the only thing they remember of all the stuff I talk about. And that is this, the quickest way for a tadpole to become a frog is live every day happily as a tadpole. <laughs> there you go. Right? Because what it means is you have to live in the now. You have to do what you can do now. Don't stress about the future because you can't predict what's going to happen down the line and you can't regret the past because it's already happened. You have to be in the now 100% all of your life. You sound and like Ram Das. That's exactly the same principle. Here, here, I'll show you. Look what sits on my desk. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> this but, is, if I showed you something else, you would actually pretty, you would, you would laugh. I've done this on a couple of shows. Uh, I have a clock that sits next to this desk. Right. Okay. And I'm going to pull it off the wall just for you. So, that okay. you can see. so my listeners can see this too. Let me show you this. Perfect. <laughs> Do you see that there are actually no dials on the clock? And the only thing that, that goes back and forth is the ohm signal. That's it. Yep. That's, that's it. it. Well, <laughs> listen, that's 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 life. Yeah. I've I've come to learn now. Now I'm I'm in my 70s now. Um, thank God I'm really still active and healthy. And uh, got more enthusiasm than you can believe to go out and keep talking in front of people in, you know, business groups and entrepreneurial groups and stuff. But the, the uh, philosophy of, of, of life is so much bigger than your business. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Your business is what you do to get money to pay the rent to go on vacations, to buy toys. That's what business is about, is, is accumulating. But it is not the purpose of your life. Your life is all about love, right? And the success of UG in a bizarre way was all about love. And yeah. it started out very early on. Um, I would go into these surf shops. I was embarrassed. I, I, you know, selling sheepskin in a surf shop was not a natural thing, but I did it by making friends with the, st the store owner or the manager. And, you know, the first time I can remember the first time I worked in the South Coast surf shop, which is where I had the beer with that guy. He started laughing at me and he called out the back to his surfboard shaper. Hey, Jim, come out here. There's a guy in here trying to sell sheepskin boots in a surf shop. <laughs> That's how embarrassing it was for me. He turned out to be one of my best friends and he probably sold a couple of hundred thousand dollars worth of Ugg boots, you know, over the course of the, the, the boom, right? Yeah. Um, but well, he, I mean, I, I think that one of the things you say about love and I, 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 I would agree with you. As we get older, we reflect on that in our lives. But as the Dalai Lama says, and this is pretty much sums this up, 
Uh, you're going to be remembered by how much you loved, who loved you, and how much you let go. And everything that you've said basically is summarized in that. And yep. one of them is letting go because you said, you know, be here now. Well, to be here now, you have to let go of what shoulda, woulda, coulda, what Absolutely. was supposed to happen. And to actually have these people love you as a salesperson for UG, it's how much love you gave them. And they saw that in you because you were doing that because you had a passion for what you were doing, which was selling a mug boots. Yeah. And I'm going to tell all my listeners, you know, go out and get a copy of the book. It's on Amazon. Go to Brian's website. Uh, his, his website is very easy to get to. And you can, let me put the link to it. It's basically just Brian Smith. Uh, dot com is what it is. No, no, no. Brian, no. Oh, 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 Brian Smith speaker dot com. Yeah, Brian. I forgot the speaker part, but you can go there. You can learn about the book, about his speaking. He's got a VIP with Brian Day. Uh, he's got a blog there. Um, and importantly, I'd say encourage anybody who's looking to have someone come into their company and talk about the pluses and minuses as being an entrepreneur. He's also got a testimonial from Harvey McKay there. So do go look to his website, contact Brian. And if you want him to do a keynote speak, or you want him to come in for a VIP day, please do that. That's all there. You can actually see all the places he's spoken. Yeah, uh, just, Brian, just, it's been an honor and a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth. Thanks. Just remember that the book's a roadmap for entrepreneurs and, and it can save you years of, of struggle that that I went through when you're going to go, oh, my God, I'm facing that. Here's what he did. And now I can do it, too. So it's a, it's a very valuable resource. So. Well, you speak to young entrepreneur groups, and I think that's important. YPO. Um, and that's a great place for, you know, this book when you've got people like that that are growing and developing forming norming storming as you were saying you know the business going through it you've heard all the lingo around it you used to be in your very young years uh an accountant which just drove you crazy and you went into something that gave you a lot of passion for life brian honor pleasure having you on uh tremendous continued success to you and Thank you. book and your speaking uh, tour. I appreciate you having you being a guest. Hey, it's been my pleasure. Thanks very much. Namaste, my friend. Namaste. Take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again. And have a wonderful day.